Hello, I'm Gemma Davies, and I'm the community manager here at The Future of SaaS. Welcome to SaaScast, the podcast that talks you through the steps you need to future-proof your business. Whether that's building the ultimate SaaS marketing team or taking your product global, our guests will help you grow, scale up, and work smarter. So today, we're joined by Ashutosh Garg, CEO and founder of Eightfold. Eightfold is a talent intelligence platform built for enterprises to address talent acquisition and management in a holistic fashion and to transform how you hire, retain and grow a diverse workforce. So um, Ashutosh will be giving us his top tips on scaling a SaaS company at speed. So thanks for joining us. Absolutely, my pleasure. Lovely to have you here. So are you able to give us a little bit of background on Eightfold, um, a little one of your own intros there and tell us a little bit about your role? Uh, thank you, Yama, for the kind introduction. I'm the CEO and co-founder at Eightfold.ai. So we started the company roughly four and a half years back with the mission of enabling the right career for everyone in the world. Today, Eightfold is used by numerous Fortune 100 companies across the globe to hire, retain, and grow a diverse workforce. In addition to that, we are also helping state governments and other government organizations to further reduce unemployment and enable career for citizens and individuals. So my own background is that I'm a PhD in machine learning and AI. And after spending some time at Google, where I led all the personalization efforts and starting a venture Bloom Beach in the e-commerce space, uh, I realized that the mission has to be bigger than any individual thing. And that is what led to the startup page board. Amazing. And it's good to see sort of how much that's grown in that time. So how long ago was it that you started that up? Uh, late 2016 is when we started Eightfold. Amazing. So one and a half years or so. Perfect. So obviously there's quite a bit of scaling doing there quite quickly. So um, we'll get started on sort of how you've achieved that and how you've managed to grow over those years. So we'll start with um, how important is the launch of an MVP when starting to scale a company? Uh, I think it's very, for any company, the most important thing is that you have a right market and you have a product that will resonate with that market. And MVP is the first step in that direction. The sooner you launch it, the sooner you will start learning Mm -hmm. and adopting. You will waste less resources and will be in a better position to optimize and solve for the need of the market. So it is extremely important to build an MVP don't over-engineer it, go to the market as soon as you can. Absolutely. And obviously, when you're getting that out there, what you're sort of really after is that feedback about how your product's working, if it's successful, sort of any of the pain points. So how, what role does the feedback play in sort of scaling your company? So feedback goes hand in hand with what you're doing. Typically, as a founder, entrepreneur, you have a number of ideas around what will solve the market's need. Mm. But while your ideas may be 80% there, they are really 100% there. And product feedback enables you to actually complete the picture. So you come up with your idea, but then the refinement happens through the product feedback as you're getting from the market. Additionally, that helps you better understand what additional needs a market may have, your customers may have, so it's really important as a CEO founder to constantly listen to your customers, get their feedback, keep improving, optimizing based on what you're hearing. Absolutely. It's kind of reciprocal, that growth there and that development of the product. Yeah. 
Perfect. And sort of as part of that, obviously pricing is a big question that that comes into play and, and can change people's perception of, of your product and how they feel about it. So how does that come into play um, when you're sort of trying to grow your company and you're getting that feedback? First, I would say that yeah, I'm very uh, positively surprised that you have added that question. And I think that does not get enough credit and people don't talk enough about the pricing. Mm. Pricing of a product is as important as the product itself, if not more important. Most companies succeed or fail not because they have a good product, but even when they have a good product, if the pricing is not correct, then it won't. And what you have to really think about is how is it aligned with the customer's own outcomes, their own expectations? That's one thing. Second is, is it going to create a friendly relationship or an adversarial relationship? Is it going to lead to better usage adoption of your product or going to limit that? Is it going to lim limit your growth over time? Is it going to help you get to the C-suite at your customer versus stay in the, at the mid-level? All these things are determined based on the pricing of the product. Uh, now, some companies will have a usage-based pricing. Some will have a SaaS-based pricing. Some will have a one-time license fee, right? But what metrics you are pricing it for? How are you measuring the ROI? How are you presenting to your customers, right? You have to, I mean, to me, that's a billion dollar question. Yeah, absolutely. And and it can be so different for each company, as you're saying, sort of there are so many different ways that you can approach that. Um, how do you sort of go about tailoring that to, to your customers' needs? Listen to your customers. Mm. That's one thing. Uh, but what do you really think about, right? What is your market? Who are the people you're selling to? If your market is small, right? Let's say you can, your product can only be sold to 1,400 companies and you price it at a low price point, then you really don't have a business. If you price, I mean, even if you can sell it to 100,000 companies and you uh, price it low, let's say 5K, 10K, dollars per year. Now, if you don't have a great marketing machine that will bring the leads for you, right? Mm. You can't afford to sell, have a field sales for a 5K, 10K price point product. But on the other hand, if you're selling for a million dollars, then you have to have a sales team. You have to have a product that will deliver the value accordingly, right? Absolutely. So I don't think there's any cookie cutter answer. Uh, but key thing is that really spend, think of pricing as product. Don't think of pricing as an afterthought. On day one, think about like, what is the pricing going to be? How are you going to structure it? What will be the variables over there? How will you justify to two different companies? Why you have two different pricing and so on. Another thing is that it's just not pricing for you. Your buyer needs to justify internally your pricing. Mm. So if it's not obvious to them, and if they can't testify to their senior management, it won't work either. Yeah. Absolutely. So it's sort of one of those fundamental pillars that you need to think about straight from the beginning. Yeah. Perfect. Um, and one of the other things that you've obviously got to think about um, sort of when you're trying to make that decision for your product is sort of where are you going to find your audience? So what channels of acquisition are available to SaaS companies? Um, and which do you think are the most successful and why? 
here you go back to the whiteboard, understand where your buyer is. Mm. Where are they spending their time? And accordingly decide what channels will work for you. Second thing is, actually it goes back to the price point. If your product is $10 a month, then yes, go do aggressive Google AdWords or Facebook or LinkedIn or Twitter advertising because your buyer, if they are over there, they can quickly see your product, swipe their credit card and life is good. But on the other hand, if your product is six figure, seven figure deep, it won't happen on Google. You will need paid sales. So then you have to think about channels accordingly. Now, other part over there is, I think there are companies which don't realize how important partner's role is mm. in selling. Most sales companies got sold not um, or have succeeded not because they had a large sales team, but they had a phenomenal partner ecosystem. Because that will amplify exponentially your reach to your customers. So I would say that one of my main guidance to anyone building a SaaS company is think about partner channel. What can you do to make your partner succeed? How your product can be sold through your partners? If How will the pricing work with partners? Can they understand it? Can they sell it? Is there money for them to make in that process or not? Absolutely. Um, and obviously so important to build that out sort of from the beginning there. So like you said, um, so obviously that that's sort of something that you need to keep an eye on and, and be able to measure and show the value of those partners um, and show the value to those partners of, of those kind of partnerships. But um, so what kind of metrics do you need to look at um, sort of when you're looking to scale, when you're growing those partnerships and when you're growing your business in general? First challenge that I see is that most people either go extreme of one thing or the other. Either you go too much into uh, tracking these metrics or you go too much into your gut feel. And I think either of those two is wrong. You have to have a healthy balance of the two. And like in the early days when you're one or two salespeople, right? Looking at sales efficiency in those days is probably meaningless. Whereas as you're trying to scale your team from 20 to 50 to 100 to 200 salespeople, quantifying labs, thinking about sales efficiency becomes extremely important. For every dollar that you're spending in uh, go-to-market, how much new revenue you are able to bring on board? What is the lifetime value of the customers? What is the magic number? What is the sales efficiency? All those things become extremely important to look at, right? Mm. Key thing is, depending upon the stage of your business, think about what metrics make most sense. Do you have the data to reliably measure those metrics or not? If your deals are very lopsided, one deal can completely change your metrics. Mm. In that case, how do you think about those metrics? Well, rep productivity becomes extremely important. Pipeline becomes extremely important, like what is your pipeline conversion rate? Uh, so we need to think about end-to-end that 
ultimately you you're putting a dollar you're using the dollar to hire people more than going and selling either directly or through channel partners or through other channels right and some dollar is coming in at what time that dollar is coming in for how long that customer will stay with you how much they will buy over time right uh second thing is that the rate at which the world is evolving is faster than ever mm. so 10 years back this growth rate would have been phenomenal today it's great but why not even better right so the metrics that used to work 20 years back no longer work yeah and sometimes there's also that bias comes in right so we have to really think about today what's going to work today what's going to work tomorrow versus what used to work yesterday absolutely it sort of develops over time there yeah perfect um and sort of when you're trying to track those metrics and you're trying to figure out sort of which ones work for you what kind of data you have to track and and sort of where your focus is um which tools do you find the most useful do you have any sort of tools that you use specifically or or is it something that as you say before is sort of a little bit more case by case and a bit more personalized more personalized mm. and number of things we end up building in house to measure and track those things yeah Great. So, um for the next question, obviously when you're when you're building a company, obviously you want to get new customers, but trying to keep the customers that you have is becoming increasingly important, especially in sort of post-pandemic world. Um so how do you balance customer acquisition with retention when scaling and is that something sort of that the customer success team would look at? Is that something that the marketing team would look at? Sort of how do you balance that between your departments? So think of customer retention as a leaky bucket bucket problem. If you bring keep bringing customers and they keep dropping off, right? Mm. Then it becomes very hard to scale the business over time. Yeah. But at the same time, I think you have to think about the each of these pictures. I mean, more holistically, right? If there is a challenge on customer retention, why is that challenge? is that the market issue that you are focused on the wrong market what is that customer in your target zone or not uh are they getting the value out of a product or not and especially in the early days you may not have developed the full product so key thing is what customers i'm going after am i going after the right set of the customers or not mm. so retention and acquisition are not independent One simplest way to look at it is that you sold 200 customers. Identify which customers are retaining and which are not retaining. Yeah. Where the customers are retaining, how can you double down in that segment of the market? Because you know that that segment works well for you. Mm. Where they are not retaining, what do you need to do over there to bring more value to them? Either you need to stop selling over there or bring more value to that side of the segment, right? Yeah. But it's important to look at both but look at them together versus independently mm. so that can sort of give you much more of a, a complete picture of of the whole business and and how you're doing with your customers exactly absolutely um and who would you say sort of obviously different teams will look after sort of the, all those different aspects so who would you say is, is do you turn to when you're looking at those areas and trying to solve problems 
So you, in our case, for example, we have a dedicated customer success team, yeah, which focuses on attention, and a sales team that focuses on acquisition. But then, on a weekly basis, both teams will meet together mm. to ensure that everything is going well. Like, if you think about why the retention will not happen, mm. is either you sold the wrong thing, customer had a different expectations, or they didn't get the value that they were expecting. Yeah. Now, how that feedback needs to go both to the product. What can they build over there to bring more value to those customers? And second is to the sales team, what feedback they have so that they can next and sell it appropriately, correctly, right? Absolutely. Uh, and the same time, once I understand what was sold, and I I know how to talk to the customer around the value that they are getting up from the product, right? Mm. So it's less about which team, the more thing is that think of it as three players of a company. The first is you have to build a product. Mm -hmm. And the first phase of a startup, right? You're very, very focused on building the MVP, taking to the market. Yeah. Second is that now can you sell it? And third is now can you retain those customers? So treat this as a three legs of the same stool. And if one of those three is not working, it won't be stable, right? Absolutely. So focus on all three. Perfect. Yeah, getting that right balance there. And I should say, it's sort of going back to what you said near the beginning about sort of making sure that you've found the right customer, that you're bringing the right customer in, because sort of no matter how hard you work on retention, if you haven't tailored your product and found the right audience in the first place, then it's sort of a hopeless task. Yeah. Perfect. So um, when you're looking to grow your business, obviously all those different teams coming together, how do you approach hiring? Do you sort of focus in one area? Do you sort of build out, as you say, your sales team first? Or how do you sort of balance that across the business when you're looking to grow? I think after the pricing, hiring is the other very important thing that gets overlooked at times. Mm-hmm. And I say that the number one job of a CEO founder is recruiting. Are you hiring the right people, building the right team? And more often than not, you should not be focused on hiring for today, but really think through how your organization needs to look over the next two years. Yeah. Yeah. The people that you have, are they going to scale over the next two years as your business is scaling? Is the function going to scale? Are you going to need new functions? So constantly think about where your business is going to be over the next two years. Mm. Do you have that team that can get you there? And do you have a team that will be succeeding, flourishing at the end of two years or not? Yeah. And work backwards from there. So it's less about focus on hiring for one department or one function versus Mm. everyone. Like what you realize is that every day there are some departments, some functions, where things are going really well, others may not be as much. So you're constantly changing your attention from one function to another, one department to another. But the common thread in each of these is thinking two years ahead, what talent is needed? Do you have the talent in-house today or not? Mm. It might take you six months to train the right people on board, right? Yeah, absolutely. So, and then, I mean, which is a long time in any sales company's life. 
yeah definitely um and so obviously as as sort of part of that growth strategy you've got hiring on one hand and you've also got the finances on the other so um sort of at what point in your scaling strategy should you be looking to apply for funding obviously we have quite a lot of um, startups who listen to this podcast so i'm sure they'd um, love to hear a little bit more about sort of how they can grow how the funding and investment works What's interesting is that these SaaS businesses, while they grow really fast, mm. they are very, very expensive to scale. Yeah. I mean, they take a lot of money. And from the first time you hire a team to you start seeing the dollars, it may take you a year. So you have to invest always a year in ahead, two years ahead, before you start seeing the value, right? Mm. Second is funding is a means, not an end. So the so goal is not the funding by itself, right? The goal is what are you going to do with that money? Yeah, absolutely. And is that going to money help you get to the next stage of the business or not? Mm. Third is raise money when you can. Because really when you need the money is available. So don't wait for when you will need the money. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I think different people have different philosophies. Some people are trying to minimize the dilution and say that, you know what, let me slowly raise the money so that I'm not diluting the company much. Mm. My approach is that in any size business, there's a lot of risk. There's a market risk. Like who would have thought pandemic will happen? Yeah, definitely. Uh, who would have thought how market will change over the last one year the way it has changed? Yeah. Even after the pandemic happened, right? There's competitive risk, technology risk, your own people risk. So every business has a lot of risk. Yeah. Do you want to add more risk to your business or less risk to your business? So my approach is if you can raise money, but raising money should be independent of how you are funding the money. Mm be very, very prudent about how you're going to use that money. So whether you have 1 million in your bank or 100 million in your, in your bank, you should spend based on the need of your business, not because you have more money, you go and spend that money. Yes. So my guidance will be raise early, reduce the financing risk. In, there are certain areas where you should overinvest, typically things like product building, customer retention, uh, yeah. Perfect. I think that's some really good advice there and, and something that our audience can take back and actually sort of really apply to their businesses. Um, so sort of we're coming to the end of our session now, but um, what are some of the biggest mistakes that people can make? Obviously you've covered what we should do, what we should be looking out for, but what are some of the things that you've seen um, sort of along the way that people have sort of done wrong when they're trying to scale their SaaS business? Many of the things that you talked about today, one, hiring. Do you have the right team mm. focused on building the business, selling the product? And quite a few times as a founder, CEO, you believe you can do everything. <laughs> yeah. And you try to do everything by yourself. Yeah. But that won't scale. Second is 
both focus and defocus. I think one of the very common advice that we hear is stay focused, do one thing really well, and then go beyond that, right? Yeah. But way too many companies fail because they end up being one trip pony. Mm, yeah. They're not able to expand beyond that. So every time you say no to something, you are saying no to a certain market. Yeah. And the biggest detriment in any company success is the market. Hmm. If there's a market, you can build something, you can always sell something. But if there's no market, there's no market. So be very careful when you say no. But if you keep saying yes, then you will be all over the place and you can't build anything either. Absolutely. So really focus on that part. Yeah, and find that balance. Find that balance, right? Mm. Then pay attention to pricing. Yeah. If you're not pricing it well, then things won't, I mean, go well, right? Other is, we live in the time of fast growth, mm. quick turnarounds, everything, right? Yeah. But have patience. It will take longer than you think it, I mean, you, you would have imagined. Yeah, definitely. So, Sometimes what happens is that we start something and we give up too quickly. I mean, things take life, right? I mean, you can't have a kid born one day and next they start running and jumping and doing everything, right? It just takes time. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so uh, that is one mistake I've seen many SaaS companies make that even though they could have gotten the traction, right? Um, I'm sure you have heard these stories. I was doing the same thing two years back but I didn't succeed. This other person succeeded, right? Yeah. Well, then go spend more time, right? You should have focused, stayed focused on that stuff, right? Mm. Stay hungry, stay foolish. I don't know anything. Keep learning from other people. <laughs> keep talking. Keep listening to your podcast, right? Yeah, perfect. There are always so many golden nuggets that come out, right? That yeah. can help you about your own business. Uh don't over optimize okay yeah uh i think funding is one thing that you mentioned over here right mm. so many people i here are over are trying to over optimize their financing yeah and versus really thinking about what is needed to build the business yeah so yeah, sometimes obviously you've got to find that balance, but sometimes it's about building, not always paring down. But I really like those sort of that little summary there. So we've got so the sort of six main tips to focus on hiring, um, stay focused, but also stay open to new ideas. Um, make sure you look at your pricing, keep your patience, keep learning all the time and learning from others and don't over optimize. So I think there's some fantastic ending tips to leave our audience with. Thank you. Perfect. And any final words before we go? We are living in fun times. There is no better time ever been to start a sales business. So my suggestion is do it. Good things will come out. You can, I mean, I'm glad I did it. Yeah. Uh, my best of wishes to you. 
or doing your own business. Amazing. Perfect. And it's a, that's a really great positive sort of end to this, to this episode. So as you just heard, get out there, start your business. <laughs> awesome. Thank you. Well, thank you, Ashutosh, so much for answering those questions, for giving us your tips, and hopefully we will see you again soon. Awesome.